Whether packing for a destination vacation or planning a staycation, Macy's has everything you need. Summer's almost here, and I'm so excited to take a trip with Bryn. We are planning it right now. We are heading to Macy's before we pack to grab new shoes we can wear all day with anything. I'm excited to lay in the sun with key pieces from Macy's, like my new Dolce Vita sandals and Levi's skirt. I am ready to relax and look and feel amazing. Oh, how good that sounds. Of course, I can't forget a new beach bag. I have been eyeing the collection of beach bags from Macy's, and I can't wait for you to see what I choose. Shop at Macy's.com slash own your style. The virus that causes shingles is sleeping in 99% of people over 50. While not everyone at risk will develop shingles, it strikes as a painful rash that can last for weeks. Wake up because shingles could wake up in you. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about shingles prevention. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. So Puerto Rico is a beautiful place. It's a lush island. It's great for surfing. It's got a culture. Like you feel like you've really gone somewhere far and you don't need a passport, which honestly I do really enjoy. It's a beautiful island. The people are amazing. The food is amazing. The water, the beaches, the vibe. It's a great place. It really is. In Puerto Rico, you'll taste the influence of Spanish, African, and native Taino traditions, sometimes all in the same dish. Puerto Rican chefs and restaurants put their passion into every bite. Puerto Rico is an excellent destination for food, which may not be a well-known fact. Whether it's a five-star restaurant or local favorite spot, no one does food like Puerto Rico. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. I need you to beware of scams. They're everywhere. Everywhere you go, there is some sort of scam going on. You know, I'm getting into the points, the the travel points business. Why? Because nobody that I know that's really, really smart, that has a lot of points, or that actually doesn't have points. Nobody that I know that's really smart understands points. They may have a lot of points, and they don't understand exactly how to use them. They don't understand why it's good to have a chase card for certain things, why Amex should only be used for other things, why you should stay at certain hotels, why they have two-for-one double points deals, why you shouldn't use the points to buy things at Saks or at Walgreens when they ask you if you want to buy your groceries there. Why, why, why? Why? Because it's a scam. Because they don't want you to know. They want you to just think you're getting the points, and then you don't understand how to use them. And if you do understand points, you know what I mean. Most of your friends don't know you are the expert and everyone asks you, you book people's travel. You probably are like the upscale coupon cutter that has flown free, stayed at hotels free, gotten free breakfast, the whole thing. But that's one of the examples of something where most people don't understand it. Anytime you go to a nail salon, there's an upsell. They want, do you want a massage? Do you want quick dry? Do you want a hand massage, a foot massage? Do you want your lashes done? Do you want, the, you know, it's a whole, do you want the paraffin wax? Do you want the, your foot to be in some sort of, uh, you know, exfoliating scrub? Do you want callus thing? Go to the car wash. 
Do you want the super duper turbo wash? Do you want the, wait, now am I a loser because I only want regular car wash? Like what's the super duper turbo? Oh, well, it's $19.99 and you get, and you just say yes because you don't know if like you're missing out in life and it's a scam because people are desperate and people have to upcharge more now than ever. Well, guess what? That translates into the medical profession as well. Beware. People at dermatologist's office, at doctor's office, at medical spas, at dentists in particular, because dentists have been down a lot since the pandemic, okay? They're going to upcharge you. You go somewhere just to get your teeth cleaned, guarantee they're going to tell you you need something else. This happened to me recently. I went to get my teeth cleaned, as I do, and they always say, we need to get x-rays on you. We need to get x-rays on you. And they are dentists, but they're sort of like more of like a chop shop. Like you get your teeth clean there. I've never had a cavity. So I've never been sort of in the world of spending a lot of money on dentistry. So the woman who's the dentist says to me, you need two crowns. You grind your teeth, which we know because they know because they made my night guard. You need two crowns, a crown on both sides. I'm like, what? I don't even know what a crown is. It sounded like sort of like a, a filling to me. So I said, okay. So she says, we would do one now, then you'll get a temporary, then you'll come back in and we'll do the other one. Okay. I sit down. What, what journey I ended up going on at this point is literally was, was traumatic, okay? She uses this drill and is drilling down into my teeth. The anesthetic isn't working. She's drilling down and finally she finishes. It's hours, hours of work. Finally, she finishes and says to me, I can't get the temporary crown on. I said, why? She said, it's too hot in here. It won't mold. It wasn't hot at all. It was like a normal dentist office. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. She said, it's too hot. It won't mold. I said, well, do you need a crown, temporary crown? Well, she said, it's aesthetic. If you want, you don't have to have it. It's for aesthetics if you're not shooting or anything. And I said, well, I'm not. Okay. I didn't know that was the first false thing. You can't walk around without a crown. It can change your bite, move your teeth really quickly. I never knew they move really quickly. And also your tooth is totally exposed. So the next week or so, when she's supposed to be making the temporary crown and actually the permanent crown, uh, I call there and say, this is my teeth are in excruciating pain, et cetera. I go back into her. She says to me, you can have a gold crown. Would you be opposed to that? I'm like, "Uh, yes, I I am opposed to that. So she then lets me know, because I think she's over her skis and shouldn't have been done doing this in the first place, that the teeth are too low and she can't get a crown attached. She puts a temporary crown on, it falls out a half an hour later. And it feels jagged in my mouth and it feels wrong and I can't, it's so thick that I can't close my teeth, like meaning I can't chew on either side. That side I can't chew on because I have a temporary crown. I can't chew on the other side because that side that she just did the crown on is so high that the whole bite won't close. So I can't eat anything. I'm eating soups and juices for a whole week. So now I go on a tour to go to five other, four other dentists. Every one of them says to me, you didn't need a crown on either side. You never needed a crown to begin with. This woman did this hatchet job on you. You did not need a crown. It's because people are upselling right now and this industry is just devastated and they need the money. And now your teeth are so jagged and it's so low that we don't think we can put a crown on on your tooth. Like, And the pain was excruciating. They kept putting anesthetic in and it wouldn't work. Then they said you need a root canal. I have never had a problem with my teeth in my life. Now I'm having a root canal and I still don't have a crown on. So I go get a root canal. I don't have a crown on. And then I go to this specialist, Frank Carpentieri, best dentist specialist you've ever, ever met in your life. I cannot even tell you. He's in Scarsdale. 
his office is thorough. They explain what's going on. They explain what everything means. Not like that chop shop that that literally just wanted to take my money and she couldn't even do. She ruined my mouth, like literally. So this guy had to work for a couple of weeks and he said to me, this is not going to be easy. This is not an easy dental surgery now because we don't, you have no tooth left. She ground you so far down that I have to try to build up the bottom tooth to try to put something from the top to the bottom. And he said he may have to like dig out the existing tooth to push it up like from the bone and the root canal involved like anesthetic going under the gums because it wasn't penetrating. Like, and some people on social media, when I told them, I had a root canal. They're like, oh, big deal. I've had many. I don't, I mean, I don't know anyone who's gone through what I went through having just going in for teeth cleaning. It was the sickest upsell I've ever experienced in my life. To this moment, I have a temporary crown in and haven't even been able to get a permanent crown put on because it's been so complicated. So I'm going to go back to Carpentieri in the next couple of weeks. He wouldn't work on me for weeks because he said it was so traumatic what happened to my mouth that he had to give it a break. So this was all from the scam and a scam artist. And I called the owner of the dentist's office and I said, this woman should not be practicing dentistry. This guy was obviously so scared. And I, I don't know if this was right or wrong. I said, I'm not going to sue you. I'm not a litigious person. I'm not posting this on Twitter, which I'm tempted to do because people should know not to go there. And I sort of want to find out if this girl still works there because it was a chop shop. I said, you're running a chop shop and you're going to have a much bigger problem if it's someone else than me. You're going to lose millions of dollars because someone's going to sue you because this is crazy. And I said, you will be paying every single bill from this guy Carpentieri. So every time one shows up, you pay it. And that's the end of it. My guest today is Rebecca Minkoff. She has filled our closets with her bags, shoes, and accessories from the wildly popular brand under her name. She used her high school sewing machine to create her first bag, selling them at shops and taking small orders to get started. She knew no one in the industry, and she had to network, sacrifice, and work hard to build her own brand, which has been in existence 20 years. Work that paid off now can be found in over 900 stores around the world and flagship stores from New York to L.A. Can't wait to talk about it with Rebecca. Okay, so what, um, so Rebecca Minkoff is you and it's your brand. What went into you deciding to make it your name? Because there's a very specific choice in doing that. You know, you can be Martha Stewart and then, end up getting arrested and then your stock goes down or something happens to Bethany Frankel and then it affects the skinny girl brand. But then again, people associate me with the skinny girl brand anyway. So I've recently launched Bethany as a brand on HSN in, in uh, accessories. And that was a choice because that meant something different. So I'm curious about your choice to name your brand after yourself, what that means. Yeah. So I, I went through a couple sort of machinations when I was considering this. And my main thing was, I remember working for a designer and being told what to do every, every day, all my tasks. And I said, if I'm, if I'm going to do and be in this industry, it's going to be, I'm going to be the boss of myself and it's going to be my own name. And I felt that because I was the customer. I still am the customer, but at the time I was the girl who couldn't afford a brand name bag, spend five grand on it. Uh, I could barely afford a bag that was $20. And so I I felt like to me, you know, a handbag is a really personal thing to a woman. It's not just something she buys for a season and then gets rid of, uh, or at least most women. And so I was like looking at the landscape and there were a ton of brands that weren't named after women. They were just blah, 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 buy X. And I just felt like, you know what? A woman's going to connect with a human 
before she connects with the brand. And if that human is the same customer, same age, same size, same sex, then I think that connection can be fostered a lot stronger than brand name X. But I do agree. If I were to get arrested, it would be a bad thing. Right. Well, maybe not. For some people, it's a good thing. But so how many years ago was that that you started the brand? I started it in 2001, which is nuts to say that. Not the handbags, but the bags were 2005. But I had a very small apparel company for about four years before that. Okay. So you've had a successful brand or a brand that's in existence at the very least for 20 years. And most brands, I think, last five years, less than five years and 10 is like a milestone. So you've had a brand for 20 years. What is the brand? What was the, well, first of all, it's interesting because I, I relate to that. You're saying, so 20 years, you were in a different part of the demo that you're talking to uh, or not. Like you, she may have gone with you. The same girl may have stayed with you and now is a mom and a woman and a businesswoman. And I, I go through that myself and a philanthropist. So how has that journey gone with the customer and how important is who you're speaking to when you're speaking to, like you were speaking to yourself. Not everyone does that. Some people could have something that's not even marketed to themselves. Yeah, for sure. So I think the brand from an aesthetic point of view is rooted in this downtown rock and roll with a touch of Bohemia. Uh, that's how I dressed. That's where I lived, even though I couldn't afford it. Um, that was the circles I ran in was like that type of look. And that, that aesthetic continues today. I think the woman we're talking to, there's two sets. There's the woman who's grown up with me. So she was 25 like I was. Now she has X amount of kids as a professional, like you said, philanthropist. But she still wants to offset her look or showcase her style through that lens. Um, and then there's the new customer that's just discovering us. That's like, oh, wow, I've heard this name forever, but I'm not sure. And I think when you close your eyes, I can tell you, you know, do you want to be the, do you want to sign up to be a member of the brand that is on the helicopter with all the bling? Or do you want to be the really bright and colorful kind of preppy brand? Or do you want to pretend you're an Upper East Sider? But if you're looking for a downtown aesthetic, that's a little bit rock and roll and a little bohemian, that's the space we occupy, whether it's bags or apparel or jewelry or shoes. And so that's sort of our stake in the ground. And then the, the, the mindset of this woman is strong, optimistic, powerful, fearless. And if you don't feel that way, we hope you do. Like when you put on your leather jacket, you're like, yeah, I got this shit. I, I can handle it today. Well, it's funny that you have a very specific target as do I. And so you haven't tried to get to bring in that colorful customer, that preppy customer. And, you know, someone uh, at Beam, the company that I ended up selling a portion of my brand to, uh, my cocktail portion of my brand, said to me years ago, if you try to please everybody, you'll end up pleasing nobody. So I think for many people listening, I always hear people pitching some idea and a business and they, they say, it's this, it's that. I've heard some TikTokers too say, I have this, I'm doing that, I'm doing the other thing, I'm doing this. And I say, no, no, no. You have to know in an elevator pitch exactly what it is and what you're saying and you have to know exactly what it is, what you're saying, who you're speaking to. And you don't want to sort of clutter your message. No, I think today, now more than ever, and I fully agree with you, anyone can put up an Instagram and a website. And so if you're not crystal clear on your product, your brand pillars, what you stand for, who you support, what you support, why you do it, like the filter you use for all your photos, you know, you have, to, you know, people now more than ever, and I'm, and I'm sure you agree, are signing up to be part of your tribe. They want to be like, yeah, I'm part of this tribe. And so if you don't have that laid out and clear, 
uh, you're going to fail. And I would focus on that more than any business plan. I don't need to see a deck with your growth in five years. I want to see your deck of that. You know exactly who you're targeting um, and how you're going to get to that person. Well, is it frustrating at all as a person who's had a brand for over a decade and was the first person ever to do a, re- a low calorie ready to drink cocktail, really made the bottled the ready to drink space what it is today and all those cans and all the hundred calories. I peaked early because I was the first one. Mm-hmm. And so it's frustrating now people just jumping in and they have tons of Instagram followers. So they think they could just jump into this space and people uh, have such a better direct to consumer business because like I said, they're, they're these uh, influencers and we're older, so we're not as good at social media. I, don't, I can't speak for you. It doesn't come natural to me. Steve Madden was on here. He has a good team that's great at it. It's just not my skill set. It's not my team skill set. We're always struggling. And that's a little frustrating because I've been out here doing this for a long time. And yes, I've had many successes, but to really go back to the tables and hit another have hit, hit big another category is not that easy. It's it's more crowded and you're competing with different types of brands for different reasons now. And I don't think they'll be around for a decade. I don't. But even for the flash and the pans, they're all sort of taking some of your market share. So what do you think about that? Because that's, you know, we're older. We're out of, you know, we're getting out of the demo and we're trying to have brands that still speak to the moms and the daughters and and be current. And it's not that easy. No, it's not that easy. I think that we strategically chose to pick and choose where we show up. You know, for a minute, I was doing TikToks and dancing and YouTubes and unboxing and Instagram and reels. And it was just like, you know, that's great. I'm glad you can laugh at me dancing on TikTok, but is that really converting a woman to buy a bag? No. Right. So we said, let's focus on the brand, what we look and stand for. And if we can figure out, you know, down the road, you know, YouTube, that's going to make sense or even grow at this point because it's so saturated or TikTok and however we want to show up there. But we sort of said, let's call back to what we do best. And then when we feel like we can do something again, good, that's where we go. Um, I feel like there's always an audience in those places. There's always a unique spin you can have. Um, but you know, just like songwriters are always going to chase hits, you know, for three years, I fumbled trying to recreate the next hit. This was a couple of years ago, but I was like, oh my God, our best-selling bag is 10 years old. Like we got to have another. And, and I threw out every single, I was like crossbody chain 195. Let's go, let's go. And nothing stuck. And that, and I tried to recreate it with getting on celebrities and influencers and it didn't work. And then organically a bag rose to the top. And now we have that hit again, but what is the bag now? It's the Edie crossbody. Uh, it has our signature dog clip. It has quilting. It has an adjustable chain, Okay. but I feel like sometimes those things pop and you did nothing to control it. And then sometimes with a lot of money, you can control it. And even then it might not work. Well, that's a great note for people. I feel the exact same way when I only had to focus on promoting my first book when I was nobody and I had no kid and no, you know, responsibilities. All I did was promote that. And when the skinny girl margarita happened, I was just hustling it every which way but Sunday without these big multi-billion dollar partners, just me and a partner in my pajamas. And now I have many different partners and so much going on. And sometimes you think yourself stupid. We know too much. You have too much data, too much, too many partners, too, you're too, it's, you're too good. And it's hard to go back to the tables and then not hit it in the exact same way. It's exactly correct. And uh, you're right. There are times that just 
in a pandemic after a couple months, you'll realize you're selling an incredible amount of salad dressing and popcorn when you didn't even do anything. You're not even paying any attention to it. And then you're trying to sell something else all day long and it's not working. So things can be hit or miss. Things can be what you're really passionate about. Um, But I do think it's very cluttered, the whole space of trying to get your voice out and it becomes defeating. You want to sometimes be like, I can't. I can't do Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, YouTube, Facebook, stories. We don't even know. You know, it's like we're not, it's hard to know what to do. I don't know. I feel like, don't you feel like we're all winging it in that one regard? Everyone's trying to, I never, I've never seen such a desperation as right now with brands trying to figure out what the hell to do with themselves. What do you think? I feel like the brands with a lot more money have bigger teams. And so you have one person per platform and they can figure it out a lot quicker. But when you're scrappy and you feel so spread thin, you're going to find out very quickly because it will tell you where your audience is, you know, and where you can develop it. And then, you know, you might not have expected you, you know, to have an audience on TikTok, but you get one on Reels or you get one on Pinterest, but not on YouTube. Like we weren't even paying attention to our Pinterest. And then we got our numbers back and we're like, oh my God, why haven't we been paying attention? This is an incredible place for us. It is interesting. I don't know anything about Pinterest. So the minute I get off this call, I'll be figuring that out. I mean, I've heard of it, but I don't know how to use it. It's I'm a dinosaur in many ways. So how did you start? You, I read that you saved up uh, bat mitzvah money and from when you worked. And so I guess you did not grow up... Uh, well, that's a lot of money. So it's not, not a lot of money, but so did you grow up middle-class or what was, what was that start like financially? I grew up middle-class. Um, but I guess the signal difference was my parents didn't pay for anything extraneous. And when I say that it was like, couldn't get the cheese on the cheeseburger at McDonald's cause it was too expensive. Got it. You know, we, the whole family had to spit, split a small fry. Uh, if I wanted anything, you know, one night, one present per night of Hanukkah. So they were extraordinarily thrift worthy. They just didn't have a lot of money, uh, even though they had good careers and everything I wanted, I had to work for. Okay. So when I did get my $10,000 about mitzvah money and bonds and whatever, I, I squirreled it away along with my babysitting money uh, for a rainy day. And so when I did launch the collection, uh, I stupidly blew it in one shot on a photo shoot and then something, uh, getting all the patterns made in all the sizes. Cause I was like, oh my gosh, once I send out this lookbook, yeah. the world is going to come calling yep. and I better be ready. Little did I know that, um, I should probably wait for some orders. Um, and so, you know, got two orders from two boutiques on consignment after, after that. So not a wise way to spend the cash, but, um, What really hit, and again, we talk about the unexpected, is I had come back from the Bahamas with this idea and love for how they cut up their shirts and put beads on them, but I didn't want something that said Aruba, no offense. I wanted something that said New York. And so I made this I Love New York t-shirt. I cut it up. I bedazzled it because that Mm -hmm. was a thing back in the day. Um, And I wore it. My sister-in-law then wanted one, and then an actress saw it and asked for it. And I sent it to her on September 9th, two thousand and one. Oh my God! Who was it? And she wore it on Jay Leno after nine eleven. Jenna Elfman. She was on Darman Greg, um, and she wore it on TV after nine eleven. Oh Jay asked God. her about it, and she said my name on national television. And it was, <clears throat> it was like uh, overwhelming. Wow. Like That's all I did for nine months was make that shirt. And I would bike down to Canal Street, pick up the shirts, go home, cut them up, ship them to this one nascent website. I mean, e-commerce was just starting. 
And I didn't have the money to do that. And so I said to the website, if you want these shirts, like give me an advance so I can go buy the supplies. Um, but that was the start. And it didn't make me an overnight success. It did not make me rich. I still couldn't pay my, my, my rent. But what it did do is it allowed the door to open so that I could call a store and say, yeah, street cred. Exactly. And they said, I don't know why I'm, but I've heard your name. Yes. Come in. Ah, okay. Well, first of all, you said a couple of things that are interesting. You blew your whole wad. I've done that too. People who are starting spending as you go without a plan. I never had a big business plan, but spending as you go is a disaster. Just like seeing something in front of you and then putting money on it and then something else will come up. It's not a plan. And that's what you do in your 20s. So don't do that in your 20s because I made all these mistakes similar to you. I spent, I was going to be on The Apprentice. So that means spend all this money on this cookie business because I had a wheat, egg and dairy free cookie business. And it was good money after bad. And I've done that so many times. I had a Pashmina business called Princess Pashmina. And when I went to the magic show in Las Vegas with my Ikea booth and my different colors of candies in each of the cubbies with the different colors of pashminas before anyone knew what a pashmina was. And I got orders. I then started spending money to make pajamas and ponchos and all these different things. And it was a waste of money because nobody wanted anything but the original shawls. So I was just burning money thinking that I was going to be something. So you guys have to be careful with how you spend your money and how you plan. You do have to spend to make, but you have to really figure that out. So that was the first thing that was interesting that you said. So funny because Kate Hudson mentioned her and Anne Hathaway on one of their movies together that they drank skinny girl margaritas on Jay Leno for me. And that was a really big deal. I remember that. So that's funny that you just said that. And it's just, again, you're getting street cred. So you're building step by step. So you were on Jay Leno. I guess you didn't think you were going to have a handbag line. You just wanted to be in fashion because you made the shirt. So what did you want to do? Yeah, I just had, I had a five piece collection. So I ended up making that shirt for a long time, again, for nine months. And then I expanded the ready to wear line and I was able to secure a showroom to sell it, but it was never a big business at its height. Maybe it was $250,000 a year. I was making half of everything. Another dude who smoked, which was a whole other nightmare was making the other, other part of it, but it all stenched. Um, and I was honestly, I was styling on the side to pay the bills. I had like I had, I had made a connection with the director. So I was styling, you know, the first season of project runway and the, the commercials for top chef and was able to secure some clients. Um, but I was bumping along and I was going into debt. I had a credit card with a cash advance. I was in deep about 60 K and had no idea how I'd pay it back. Mm -hmm, anxiety. Um, and then the bag was again, Jenna came back to me and she said, do you design bags? I'm going to be in a movie. And the bag is literally on the character for the entire thing. You'll get a lot of exposure. And I lied to her. And I said, yes, I do bags. So sometimes you got to lie, figure it, say yes and figure it out later. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. If yeah. you build it, they will come. So you mentioned a partner, how, who you, those listening who you partner with is so important. It's the little things you don't think about. Everything seems fun. It's like a marriage. People think everything's going to be fun. Everything's going to be great. And I think it's Mike Tyson who said, everybody's got a plan until someone gets punched in the face. <laughs> so you had a partner. Were there any residual mistakes from that? Any uh, expensive mistakes, legal mistakes, getting out and detangling, if that's a word. What about that? So he wasn't a partner. Like he was a contractor that I hired. The biggest mistake that okay. was made was I had a $5,000 order to a really great store in LA called Madison. And 
it was a really big opportunity for me because they had the coolest, hottest designers and the entire collection smelled like smoke. <gasps> and the buyer called me up. He said, don't cash the check. I'm canceling it. Everything smells like smoke. Oh my God. And I was headed out to LA and I was like, I'll come see you. Let me check it out. And I, I it was so demoralizing and embarrassing because I packed it. I knew it potentially had a smell and I was like, nah, you know, it'll go away by the time it gets there, but it didn't go away. Oh my God. It just, so to, to pack up my stuff, you know, have outlaid the cash. Yeah. It, but it just goes to show you, like, especially when you're starting out, you have to pay attention to quality and, and, and presentation because it can make or break you. Like I burned that bridge after that. Well, that's the great point. I years ago was asked for my wheat, egg, and dairy-free cookies. I had an opportunity to go on QVC and or and Target and Whole Foods, and I didn't do any of them because I knew the cookies didn't have, the size wasn't consistent. The packaging was going to be open. I was scrambling, and I knew that once I screwed up with those major retailers, they could remember that to this day. Oh, that girl who sent us those crumbly, gross, moldy cookies. <laughs> so I didn't do it, and that's one of the things. Don't, with life, don't do it if you can't do it well. And I've cost myself thousands, tens of thousands of dollars at the last minute not going on air to sell something because I don't feel good about it. So... Don't serve it if it doesn't taste good and don't sell it if you know it's, you don't have it. Um, how did you establish your price point? And what do you think about $10,000 bags, Chanel's $7,000 bag, Gucci's little makeup pouch that's $900? Like, what do you think of all this? And how do you think of your own price point? Because on The Apprentice, on HSN, on QVC, the psychology of the price point is very important. How you price your items is important. Yeah. So my bags originally, and this was considered affordable uh, again in 2005, the original price tag was $4.95 and $5.95. There was nothing in that space at all. There was a couple of brands. Right. It was the $5,000 Chanel and the $20 H&M. Mm-hmm. Uh, so right away, a woman could get a high quality handbag made by a designer label. And this price was suddenly extraordinary. And then the recession hit and all luxury crunched down. Mm-hmm. So people were offering bags under a thousand and we were told either you lower your prices or you won't exist. And this was by Saks, Bloomingdale's, Neiman Marcus, Nordstrom. So we did, we lowered our prices by about 30 to 40%. And while it took a couple of months to hit, all of a sudden we grew over the next three years by 548%. So we said, okay, this is the price point that works for our customer. She has 195 to like $395. Um, We know her income now, obviously what she does, she's very well educated. Um, And some women want to buy four bags a year versus one bag that they're going to have for the next 20, 30 years. Right. And I think it's great if you can afford a Chanel, but most people can't. I certainly couldn't. And today, if I wasn't a designer, I wouldn't. Um, and I think that you can still have something that lasts, that stands the test of time, but it's not about the gold plaque on the front. It's about, you know, not to sound egotistical, but what I love about our brand is it's about the whole woman. It's not about the plaque. Right. You know, my women get noticed for their style, not, not a name. Mother's Day is May 12th, and Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Macy's makes it easy for your little ones to buy a present for you for Mother's Day. Bryn loves to shop, but sometimes has a hard time figuring out what to get me. I have confidence that Macy's Gift Finder will be a great guide for her. Something for everyone at every price point. 
Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas, it's so easy to shop. You can shop by price, category, or gift lists, like for the mom who has everything, gifts that are already wrapped and ready to be gifted, and gifts for grandma. Plus, Macy's has top gifts like Beats headphones, digital photo frames, Polaroid camera, and Samsung Smart TV, the frame. Head on over to Macy's.com slash gift finder for the perfect inspiration for Mother's Day. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. The virus that causes shingles is sleeping in 99% of people over 50. It's lying dormant, waiting, and it could reactivate at any time. And while not everyone at risk will develop shingles, it strikes as a painful, blistering rash that can last for weeks. Think you're not at risk for shingles? It's time to wake up, because shingles could wake up in you. If you're over 50, talk to your doctor or pharmacist about shingles prevention. You did not go to college uh, which is interesting. You really had such a drive and a passion that you just wanted to get on the road. You know, I was watching my friends go to college and I just couldn't think with that. Um, I had spent four years in high school where we had these majors, these electives, um, and basically spent four hours a day in a costume design room. Um, my aunt, who is very traditional was like, you have to go to college or you're going to be a failure in life. And she was in New York city and kind of the one family member I had. And I was like, maybe I should. So I enrolled at FIT at night. I worked during the day. And I just remember being in the class for the first semester going, I learned this already. I learned this already. I can't draw as good as her, but I can talk. I I'm not as talented at draping as this person, but I can tell another pattern maker what I want to do. And I just got frustrated um, and I said, this isn't for me. I'm going to try my hand and I'm going to keep working for this designer. And 
I didn't mean to start my own company when I started it, but due to a series of, you know, Jenna wearing the shirt and the company saying, we know you love what you're doing, go do it. You're fired. Uh, that was kind of my, my opportunity to, to try it. And you talk, I don't know why this is in a lot of uh, what's written about you. So I'm interested to hear your answer. You talk a lot about self-care. Like, I think it bothers you that people are proclaiming self-care to sort of save themselves and that business can say what, what's the message about your relationship to self-care? Cause that came up in some of the, some of the press about you. Yeah. So I talk about this in my book. Um, I said, there's no scented candle in the world that'll take away your stress or Monday, you know, Sunday scaries. Right. And what I mean by that is I think that people are using self-care, which I'm all about a massage and getting a facial, but it's not going to cure my burnout. It's not going to cure why I dread going to work. And so I talk about it in that chapter. You know, when I started out, I didn't make any money. I couldn't afford to do anything. I worked like a dog. I worked nights and weekends. I never took vacations. And I was elated and pumped and so excited. And when I experienced burnout for the first time, I was like, okay, what's causing this? Because I, I loved what I did for so long. And really it was a toxic person at my office coloring things and changing the culture, but it, for other people, it can be the workplace. It can be an, again, another person or they've lost their passion for what they, they do. And so my goal is you're going to cure that feeling a lot quicker. If you identify the source and you attack that. And if you've lost your passion or you feel like you're going nowhere, like make a plan and it's not going to be instant gratification. We don't get to click our way into our dream job. You're going to have to build it and it's going to take sacrifice. It's going to be hard. You might do a job you hate for a while. But if you know you're reaching your goal and your dream, that should fuel you. And if it doesn't anymore, it's like reassess that. Yes, light the candle. Yes, go get the facials. But that will not, that's not the answer is what I try to say. I agree. But I think when you're younger, there's a purity in not having anything and having everything, nothing to lose in a way and everything to gain. And as you get older and you have responsibilities and you have kids and, you know, you, you can't really travel around the world as you want to. Just your freedom sort of diminishes and your plate gets more full. I think that that can lead to really questioning what you want. And for example, when I, I remember the purity of going on the housewives of all things. I remember me wearing just a sweater I had in my closet and not doing any makeup because it was a reality show and that was what my reality was. And I'd, I've seen it devolve into some circus. So I didn't want to do it anymore I guess that's the source. You have to, I had to get off the ride, but the, the, the ground is always moving with women, I think, with what we're doing and what's going on around us. So while the success I created on that platform is incredible, I didn't want to stay or continue because it had changed and I had changed. Yeah. So don't you think that could also lead to burnout? Like I get more burnt out now than I ever did because it, there's so much in the pandemic and getting COVID and quality of life makes you want to kind of just turning 50 makes you want to appreciate and enjoy and not care about the dollars or the hustle or the same things that you strived for. I agree. But I think that then, then it becomes boundaries, you know, like obviously we're the term balance is aimed at us all the time. Mm -hmm. It's a word that was made up to feel, you know, make us feel like failures, like we should have it. Men have never had balance. So it shouldn't even be aimed at anybody, frankly. Yeah. But as we get older, 
in order not to experience what you're talking about, I think we have to, you know, start saying no I agree. and putting boundaries. And, and with each kid, I put in more boundaries and it means you don't get to micromanage everybody anymore. It means some stuff is going to fail a little bit sometimes, or it wouldn't be done exactly how you would have done it. But if you want to be able to turn your computer off at six at night or, or, or not check email on the weekends, you have to begin to sort of slowly again, not overnight, you know, I think you have to begin to take those stances in where, where you find your boundaries. I agree. And I think that that's something that is different when you're in your twenties and your thirties, you don't really need any boundaries. You don't really need any sleep. It's just different. Your body changes, the whole landscape changes. So that's one of the big things. And I agree with you. For me, it's just be kind, but have your boundaries. Like saying no is as important as saying yes. It just doesn't all fit the way it used to, I think. Yeah. So there's been a lot written about you, or some written about you and Scientology. And as I was reading about it, I was thinking about the girl, Julia Hart, that I had on. And she, you know, her relationship to Orthodox religion. And then when she got off my podcast, after she had told me all about her relationship with that religion and her leaving it, then all these people saying that they didn't, agree with her perspective of this part of religion. So it's really for us to decide. And we've heard things about the Catholic Church and we've heard things about so many different places. And Leah Rimini is very vocal about Scientology. And we usually digest the messages that we're just reading or seeing on television. So I don't bring this up as like a gotcha. I bring it up because I actually want to know why, what your relationship to Scientology is and then also what your... Pers- and I know Jenna Elfman was a Scientologist. So is that the connection? Or not, just coincidental? Uh, It's coincidental that her husband and my brother were really good friends. Got it. Okay. So my question is, A, if you are comfortable telling me what your connection is, and then B, if you disagree with it, why would your, what would your perspective be on the misinformation or what the, all the different messages is? Or is it like the Catholic church? Some people think of the Catholic church as a place where you can't trust priests and some people it's their entire salvation and everything in between. People get what they need to get out of a religion. So I'm just really curious to hear your opinion on this topic. Yeah, for sure. I'm happy to talk about it. So I think first, let me clear up. People hear the word religion, they instantly think God, right? Worship, um, you know, certain rituals. As, as someone who grew up Jewish, uh, that was all I knew. Mm-hmm. Um, when I had the opportunity to study Scientology, Uh, basically I was like, wait, what is this? And there is a definition of religion. Anything spiritual in nature could be considered religious. So Mm -hmm. when you're going there, you're not praying to a God, you're not worshiping anything. There isn't a ritual. It's actually pretty cut and dry. It's Mm -hmm. here's a course to help you with communication. Here's a course to help you, you know, with relationships with others. And the thing about it is it doesn't work if you don't apply it. There's no finger crossing or humming or willing it to be. So it's, here has, has been found what's, what works. And if you apply it and it's true for you, which is another one of the tenets, then do it. If it's not true for you or you don't agree with it, then don't. Whereas I feel like most other religions are, and again, having grown up and, and I consider myself both Jewish and one as well, is if you don't believe it, then you're not a believer and you don't get to belong here. It's like, if it works for you, great. If it doesn't, don't. So for me, it's been a place where, you know, it's how I handle stress. It's it's where I go for my sort of cup being refilled because life is a lot, especially right now. Uh, and most people need an outlet and whether they choose to go for an exercise or meditate or whatever you do, this is where I go personally to get that, you know, support. 
So you're having an entirely different experience than that Paul Haggis or Leah Remini documentary. And do you believe that their experience is real for them? This is something that happened to them, like in one church, or they have an axe to grind? Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm literally curious because the, it's got, there's a stigma to it. I bet people either bully you or I have somebody that I've had on my podcast that I've done appearances at their expo and people have you know, said, wow, he's a Scientologist. Like, it's definitely got a stigma. There was a woman who wanted to be on The Housewives and she told me she's a Scientologist. And I thought, oh God, they're going to like go after her. So I'm just actually curious where the disparity and all this information is. It's so, it couldn't be so different. It could not be more different. It could not be more different. And I can't comment on their experience, but I think that you have to look at the sheer fact that both, both people have had a microphone in their face. And so then that becomes the shared experience for way, you know, it can seem a lot bigger than it is when there are millions or tens of millions of people that are plumbers, housewives, uh, whatever, entrepreneurs that go about it and find joy and success in their daily lives because of it, you know? And I think um, that not everything is perfect anywhere. And did something maybe go wrong? Sure, I'm not gonna invalidate their experience. But I know for me that when I've applied the principles that I've learned, I've found success. Interesting. I think it's great that you're not, you know, that you're talking about it. Because I, when I saw it on your paper, I was thinking, oh, if I bring that up, is she going to not, you know, because I don't, I'm literally not, pretend, I don't know. And I, that's why I want to explore. Well, I appreciate you talking about that. That's try, try being both right now, Bethany, Jewish and that. And it's a double whammy for it. But you know what? I, I've grown up with it. I'm used to it. And, and it's not my job to convert anyone to proselytize. Um, and so for me, it works. And, and if someone's, you know, curious, the best thing you can do is just buy a book and read it, you know? Got it. Okay. Awesome. Um, you talked about early in your career, someone saying, if you're talking to your customer, you're dirtying yourself. What does that mean? You're supposed to be a nameless, faceless brand. Is that what that's about? So 2005, social media did not exist. Um, And so we were talking to women on something called the Purse Forum. It still exists today. I got a Google alert and I made a username immediately because I was like, there are like 25,000 to 30,000 women talking about me. Maybe I should answer their questions. And when some of our department stores got wind that I was talking directly to the customer, they were like, you can't do that. We don't know if we can carry you if you talk to your customer. And my, my brother, who's my partner, in the business just was like, uh, we think we should talk to her. She's asking us questions. We're, we're exciting her by giving her previews or customizing bag orders. And we, it was almost like we had interventions. We were sat down by our buyers who could affect our business at the time. Cause that was the only way to do business. And they said that they said, you're dirtying yourself. You need to be in your ivory tower. You need, you know, you look at luxury. Yeah. They're untouchable, right? Yeah. They're not meeting their customers. They're not talking to them. You don't see, uh, well, Carl Lagerfeld out there, right? Shaking hands with the people. Um, and so that's the way they thought it was. And as we expanded, even using influencers, I'll never forget, we had a front row and the editors were like, we don't want to sit near them. We don't want to be next to them. How dare you have these D and C list celebrities? Huh. It was like, you couldn't, you couldn't make it up. And we just doubled down. We said, but this is the future and we're going to embrace it. Mother's Day is May 12th, and Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Macy's makes it easy for your little ones to buy a present for you for Mother's Day. Bryn loves to shop, but sometimes has a hard time figuring out what to get me. I have confidence that Macy's Gift Finder will be a great guide for her. 
something for everyone at every price point. Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas, it's so easy to shop. You can shop by price, category, or gift lists, like for the mom who has everything gifts that are already wrapped and ready to be gifted and gifts for grandma. Plus, Macy's has top gifts like Beats headphones, digital photo frames, Polaroid camera, and Samsung Smart TV, the frame. Head on over to Macy's.com slash gift finder for the perfect inspiration for Mother's Day. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Imagine the feeling of pulsing electric shocks. Sounds like a nightmare, right? While individual experiences may vary, it's how some people describe shingles. This painful blistering rash could interrupt your life for weeks. It could even force you to cancel social events or weekend plans. Over 99% of adults 50 years or older already carry the virus that causes shingles. One in three people will get it in their lifetime. Why wait? Ask your doctor or pharmacist about shingles today. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. How much of your business do you own? Between my brother and I, we own 50, about 51%. Does, who else owns, who, who owns the rest? We have a private, uh, a single uh, person investor. Okay. So it's said, and I don't know if this is old or new, that you have a hundred million dollar business or you did, and you took a hit in the pandemic. Um, so I have a similar size business. And do you still feel like you're a small business owner in a way? Cause I do. I don't feel like this is a big business at that number, which is crazy, but not until you're into the billions, you feel like you're at the next level. What do you, th- or do you agree or disagree? Right. So 70% of our business went away um, during COVID. We're in the process of building it back. So I'm sure everyone on this podcast can do the math of what we have left. So we are definitely considered yeah. a small business. And I think when people hear these numbers, um, they immediately assume that like, oh, Bethany must be pocketing $100 million a year or Rebecca's right. pocketing $30 million <laughs> mm-hmm. a year. At best, right, with, with nothing going wrong, you get away with an 8 to 10% margin, right? Right. A- and then that money doesn't even go in your pocket. You know, you have distributions, you have taxes, you have all kinds of things. So at the end of the day, and I'm not complaining, um, 
you're not, you're not taking home 30 million because that's what your business does, you know? No way. Um, and so we definitely feel like a small business, especially right now, especially rebuilding from COVID. The good news is, is our business is on fire. We are primed for growth. If we could figure out the container situation in Los Angeles, then we'd be able to grow that much faster. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it has been extraordinarily humbling when, when you're, um, sitting in your bathroom, uh, with your zoom being, (laughs) being put on your toilet as a desk, because your kids are trying to like break in and you're just trying to keep your business together and your gray hairs are coming out and Mm -hmm. you're like, are we going to go out of business? Like it's a very humbling experience trying to figure it out. It's a humbling experience. And yes, for people listening, when they say somebody sold a company for a billion dollars, it doesn't necessarily mean that could be a back end. That could be it takes seven years to earn that out. That could be it's valued at because in the next five years, the projections say it's going to be worth that. So that's I do rants on scams. That's a scam, too. When you read that someone sold their company for X, it does not mean that they put that money in their pocket by any stretch of the imagination. Doesn't mean they're a billionaire. Or when they're on the cover of a magazine saying they're worth they their business is worth a billion. I agree. You know, it was ironic. There were some founders that owned less than 1% of their company, but they were valued at a billion dollars. That's not, you know, like it it means nothing. I know it's a whole, that's a whole scam. That's a scam. Um, so it's a false, I call talk about scams all the time and that's a scam. Um, what was your biggest mistake? Two more questions after that. What was your biggest mistake? What did you really screw up? Um, I think early on quality control, you know, I share the story in my book about how we just didn't have the money. And I was like, oh, they're, they're an overseas factory. They make for Kate Spade and Tori Burge and Michael Kors. Nothing's going to go wrong with my bags. Mm-hmm. And they ended up putting Kate Spade hardware and Rebecca Minkoff hardware on my bags. And the customer got to discover it and gave me a nickname. That's not nearly as cool as Benefer. It was Quebecca Spankoff. Um, that, that was humbling to have that go viral online. Oh my God. And, and then, uh, we thought we fixed it and then we shipped more. Um, but we've had a couple of big sort of in the early days when you're figuring out your supply chain, we've had a couple of quality things that were not good. And then the other biggest mistake I made was I thought for the longest time that, uh, I should focus on design and my brother should focus on business. And I think that, I did that for too long. And in order to guide and steer my business properly, I needed to learn a new language. I needed to understand and be fluid in business because it really changes what you offer, how you offer, how you think Mm. about things. And we had a, we had a potential deal back in 2009 that would have been incredibly amazing for us. And then I was like, well, I'm just a designer. I'll leave it up to the men to figure out. And had I known what I know now, I would have been a rabid, raging psycho to get that deal done. You were closing your eyes, covering your eyes. I was like, they know better. What do I know? Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But know what you don't know, but maybe learn what you don't know. We always, you know, we always say, know what you don't know, learn what you don't know. Um, What about the founder, the female founder collective? So I launched that out of a sheer desire in the beginning, uh, knowing that, you know, we are all talking about the wage gap. We're all talking about pay inequality, the glass ceiling, women not raising money. And I knew that if we could support and empower women who are founders, what they'll do with that success is is far more impactful than anything I could think of to to immediately change things. 
Um, I also thought that founders need people to cry on or get tips from. They need a community. They can't rely just on their staff to, to vomit the latest dose of bad news. And these women of the same size and stage could really be supportive. So launched that over three years ago. We have about 13,000 members and it's growing. We offer workshops, all the unsexy stuff. We're never going to teach you how to take a selfie. We are going to teach you the nitty gritty of what it takes that when you started your business with a passion like I did, but had no idea how to run a business, those are the th- the gaps we fill in. That's amazing. Yep. So it's open. If you own 51% of your company, please apply. We have, um, we also do matching of women by same size and stage. Cause we feel like that really helps, uh, people just get the, the tools and tips and tricks they need to take their, their business to the next level. That's amazing. I'm, 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 I think it's interesting that you chose a reasonable price point, which means that you won't be knocked off as much as these crazy five, six, four thousand, seven thousand dollar bags, which is why you're probably knocked off less, which I think is something interesting if anyone's going into apparel. Um, and I think, uh, it's scary and admirable and courageous to double down. I relate to that. Like you had success, you probably made some money and you've probably put a, most of it back into the business, which is scary. Like you don't know whether to get off the ride because particularly in the fashion business, you're on a treadmill. You got to pay the money to get things made advanced, get the orders. Then they owe you net 30, net 90. You don't get your money for a long time and you kind of have to go in circles. You get the money, but you're ready on the, the hamster wheel for the next thing. So, you know, the music stops. You could be left without a chair. So I, I, and I get it. I'm in so many different categories and I chose to not just sit on an island after I sold Skinny Girl, not Skinny Girl, I sold the Skinny Girl cocktail portion, but I chose to go back in and double down. And it's just interesting. Sometimes you don't know whether to swim back to Cuba or keep going to Florida. So I, you know, relate to the size of your business or, and, and the sort of way you've gone about it. Yeah. I mean, uh, by no means do I ever want to dissuade anyone from being an entrepreneur, but your business is your investment. And sometimes you have to put back everything. And so, you know, I think my perspective as I get older is changing. And on my podcast, Norma Kamali said this, but she said, it's about living a satisfied life, not a successful one. So build your life to be satisfied. Don't say, oh, one day I'm going to have a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. It might not happen, but how do you make sure that every day becomes more and more satisfied? Mm -hmm. And it's not only about money. Obviously money goes a long way. It makes a lot of things easier, but it shouldn't be your end all. No one on here who's been really successful feels that it's for the money and they genuinely do not. So that's always been, that's been a real recurring theme. And what about your relationship to relationships? What, what, how did you define a successful relationship and what are some of the tools for that within this landscape? So I think that relationships, whether it's personal or professional, if you are having a partner, um, I can't stress enough that you go about saying, what do you need and want? And then they ask you the same question and then you revisit those things. Like I'll never forget Um, I, again, worked like a dog, worked 80 hours, uh, had a baby said, I'm leaving at six to go feed my child and be with them. And, you know, uh, not to categorize all men, but my brother likes to work late and he has a huge, beautiful family, but that wasn't, he didn't feel the pull to be home for dinner. And there was, you know, like a, a, an upset, like, where are you? Why are you here? And I was like, uh, I have a baby. 
Mm-hmm. And so we had to get back on the same page again. We chose to hire, and I, and I tell a lot of people this, if you do have a co-founder, like we hired a business mediator. And when things get bad, we know there's some person who knows our business well enough to sort of help us get back on the same page and help us regroup and figure out, you know, again, what our new needs and wants are. And so that's been a saver because there were time periods where we didn't speak to each other for nine months. We'd be in the same room. No one knew we were fighting. We could keep it cool here. Uh, but you can't, you can't run a business if you're not on the same team. And so it's really key to be honest, open. And when things change, you know, have check-in points with people. What about personal relationships? I would say it goes the same. You know, um, I think when people, women who are in relationships talk about the lack of balance or the unfairness, I'm like, you chose this person. You better be honest with them. No one's going to come save you and be like, you look like you're unbalanced. Like, no, you have to sit down with that person, especially if you guys decided to have a kid together and say, this is what I need and want. What do you need and want? Can we do this for each other? Mm-hmm. Hopefully you do that and you get aligned before you have a baby. Um, if you have the baby that, you know, and I, and Eve Rossi has a great book called fair play. She even has flashcards. So if you don't feel like you can communicate this, it'll show very quickly who's doing more. Interesting. And then you can, you can begin a dialogue about it and be like, okay, this isn't right. This isn't fair. And, and how do we become more equal to each other? Wants and needs is great. My, Paul, my fiance will say, this is a need, not a want, you know, and that really means if someone that you trust is saying, they're raising their hand and saying like this, I'm raising the flag. This is important. I think it's great. Wow. What a great conversation. You're so interesting and honest, most importantly. So uh, thank you so much for doing this today. It was so fun. So nice. Thanks for having me. And I'd love to have you on mine. Of course. Thank you so much. So that's Rebecca Minkoff, who is a well-known designer who's had a successful brand for decades. She is just incredibly honest about the struggle, which is real. As a successful entrepreneur, it's never ending. You're never there. There's always, just when you think you've got it, you screw something up. Just when you, you know you think you've screwed something up, something good happens. So it's a roller coaster ride, and she's definitely been part of that trajectory. So I thought she was great and just honest. I mean, she talked about Scientology. I wasn't sure she'd even answer that question with the stigma attached to it. So I thought that was really unique and yeah, really different. I remember these bags from when I was uh, in my 20s. So I hope you enjoyed that. Thank you. And remember to rate, review, and subscribe. And I appreciate you always tuning in. So thank you so much. Our numbers are huge. We're doing so well. Uh, And I know you love hearing the rants at the beginning, noted. So I'm doing more. And you'll be hearing more of those soon. And we're going to be doing things a little differently on certain days just to see what else you really like because we're reading all of your reviews. So I appreciate you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 
Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel... It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.